Wow, Pat, you're not Jeff's favorite thing about Alberta. That's fine with me. If I'm finishing second or third to the donut mill, I'm okay with that. <laughs> go to Calgary, Fair. get Pat Steinberg. Go to Red Deer, get donut mill. It's all right. Works for me. For the final time this season, welcome to the CFL Fantasy Podcast. It is bittersweet. We are looking forward to the 106th Grey Cup between the Calgary Stampeders and the Ottawa Red Blacks. We are looking forward to the biggest game of the year. And at the same time, it's the final time that Jeff Creever, Hannah Nordman, and Pat Steinberg, me, will all be together on the CFL Fantasy Podcast. So I, I guess this will be a fun yet very solemn CFL Fantasy Podcast. In all seriousness, though, let's get ready to do it. $3,000 on the line for your Grey Cup edition of CFL Fantasy. Go to cflfantasy.tsn.ca. You know how it is. One quarterback, one running back, one wideout, one flex, one defense. You've got $30,000 to work with. Let's get at it, ladies and gentlemen. Hannah uh, is in one location. Jeff is in another location. I'm in another location. So for a second straight week, we use technology to all Very come good. together. Um, Very specific. Yes. Well, that's where we're, that's where we're going next. <laughs> Hannah, um, I, I see this says that you're at a wedding, but you're not. You're just at home right now. You'll be at a wedding this weekend for the Grey Cup. So congratulations. I, I'm, I'm, I, hope that, uh, I hope that your wedding goes well, and I hope that married life treats you very well. <laughs> well, Where's uh, the honeymoon? Their honeymoon is in Ireland. I know that. I basically feel like it's my wedding with the amount of time and effort and money I've put into this shindig, but I'm very excited to actually reach the party point, even though it's not my huh. wedding. Oh, so you're not getting yeah, married. Yeah, I okay. can envision okay. you choosing Ireland no. for your wedding. Was that Jeff? I, I, or for your sorry for your honeymoon? I could I could see I could see you choosing Ireland for your honeymoon. Uh, I've never yeah, been. I, I, it, I hear it's quite gray and rainy, which is super not my thing. But I definitely want to go mm. and you know hit the pubs and see the landscapes. Uh, they are the kind the kind of couple that their favorite kind of weather is a rainy day, a rainy fall day. Uh, uh. Uh, so this is right up there, Allie, for sure. By the way, I was in, as we remember, I taped two of our podcasts in Ireland this summer. You and, did. and it was sunny more than half the time. It was a, it was, I was very pleasantly surprised. The weather was far less rainy than I thought it was going to be. So I wholeheartedly recommend the, uh, the, the Irish trip. If, if that is it's where. It's probably different in the summer than it is in late November. That's fair. Right? That's very fair. That's probably a good point. So just and just <laughs> just to clarify, just in case Hannah's parents are listening again, she is not getting married. She has not kept this from you. No. She's not eloping this weekend. Jeff, where the heck are you? So I'm in Edmonton and it's beautiful this week. It's been sunny every day. Finally good weather is following me around because I think people in Winnipeg and and Calgary were getting upset with me because wherever I went there was terrible weather and the same thing was in Calgary it got there it was beautiful and then it started snowing the next day anyway uh, today was plus seven degrees sunny uh, went for a nice walk down Jasper which is where uh, which is where our hotel is where we're situated and the the festival is they're getting ready for the festival there's a zip line here uh, they've got a couple of ski hills that they've built here right here in the prairies where it's flat everywhere else uh, you can ski and, or whatever the setup is here. So uh, that's pretty cool. And, and uh, I'm getting ready for the Grey Cup. The countdown's on. And uh, tomorrow, uh, well, depending on which day you're listening to this, uh, Wednesday you have coaches' press conferences, uh, practices begin, uh, close practices, close practices, practices is on uh, on on. On Thursday, along with the awards, and it's all it's all starting. It's happening fast. Should be a good game. Should be a lot of fun. And I'm curious to see practices who comes is. out. Yeah, practices is, is. I'm curious to see who comes out on top in our little three-way battle on the CFL Fantasy Podcast because we were really close last week as the Stampeders and Red Blacks advanced on Division Finals weekend. 
so Creever won the week uh, with 71.9 points. Uh, I came in second, a point and a half behind, just over 70. And Hannah, respectable showing at 63.2. Hannah's got the lead through two weeks, though. So I'm very curious to see how this all shakes out because between us all, there's only 15 points. Uh, sorry, 18 points. Uh, as I'm at 107, Creever's at 114, and Hannah's sitting at 125. So tell us about tell us about your weeks. Creever, you, you would have had a monster week, but you decided to bench Trevor Harris at the last minute. Yeah, so here's the thing. And Trevor Harris was my lock, so I know that, that Pat and Hannah, you're not going to let me off the hook on this one. But I, I'm, I'm not the most decisive person ever, so I, I like to change my mind and, and, and make decisions based on how I feel, right? It's just like when I was packing my two massive suitcases to come for this trip, I was telling Hannah before, I, I packed like 13 or 14 ties, even though I, I'll probably only end up wearing three or four of them. Uh, because, well, I, I do like, I love ties. I have a really cool tie collection, and they're really good ties. Uh, but I like to wake up in the morning, especially if it's a game day, and decide, okay, do I want to wear this tie? Uh, what shirt am I going to wear? It just depends on my mood and how I'm feeling. And it was the same thing with Trevor Harris and Bo Levi Mitchell. I liked both of them, but I didn't know who to go with, right? And on game day, it actually, the, the real thought that occurred to me was I wanted Eric Rodgers in my lineup. Couldn't do that with Trevor Harris as my quarterback, so I had to move a bunch of things around. My whole team ended up being different, and you know what? I picked a great tie. Unfortunately, I didn't pick the right quarterback. I've been trying to think of a suitable punishment for breaking your own lock of the week rule, and if it wasn't the last week, if it wasn't the Grey Cup, I think the suitable punishment would be that you have to lock in two players at the time of filming or at the time of recording (laughs) but that seems like more of a a regular season thing that's not even that bad of a punishment that's fine well you can't even manage one so how are you gonna do two jeff that's true. You're asking me to be decisive on Tuesday of Great it just, Cup Week. It, it, it makes me angry, Jeff, because we do this podcast. Ah, people listen. They stop. trust you. And then you completely betray their trust when you can't even stick but to your own guns. It's, it's, it's a pathetic character here's the flaw, thing. and it bothers ah, me. No, 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 no. Then, 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 then. Listen, here's the thing, all right? I gave the advice that Trevor Harris was going to have a terrific week. I gave a lot of reasons why. The main one being, A, he's on fire, and B, the Ticats defense can't get any pressure on him, uh, isn't forcing any turnovers, is struggling. Red Blacks have had their number all year. And that was right. So the advice that I gave to people, I stood by. Well, I, you're I, when lucky I changed, it went that way. If you change and he no, suddenly has a terrible game and you avoid it with your Silly. totals, but they've listened to you, Silliness. just because you got away with it this week doesn't mean it's not shady, Jeff. Okay, but here's the, the, the thing is, I stood by the fact that I embrace the boos. You can boo me. I just play better. Uh, the, the, the truth of the matter is, the fact of the matter is, I, I didn't switch Trevor Harris out because I didn't think he was going to have a good game. I switched Trevor Harris out to manipulate the cap because I wanted Eric Rodgers in my lineup, which is a whole other thing. Maybe you should have been Eric smarter Rogers with your lock touchdowns. and only locked in $3,500 worth of your roster like somebody did. I'm, okay, I'm but not I, buying I, your excuses, Jeff. I'm eh, not that's buying not relevant. It. It's totally obviously relevant. Obviously, in the end, obviously in the end, I could have I could have managed the cap to have both Eric Rogers and Trevor Harris. Uh, I, I would have sacrificed elsewhere, but those guys were the two guys I loved the most this week, and it would have gone really well. So uh, I guess the lesson for me is go with your gut, and if you have to leave your defense empty, uh, then do it. But anyway, uh, I feel shame. Uh, it was really a terrible feeling. Should have been punishment enough having to watch Trevor Harris throw six touchdown passes uh, hours after I benched him. Like that's. Do you know how? Do you know what that feels like? I I remember once. Uh, this is. I'll never forget it. It was. It seems stupid, but I. I I had Marion Gabryk in my bench in in fantasy hockey, and he scored five goals like <laughs> ten years ago. And I and, and I'll never forget it because it wakes you up in the middle awful. of the night, sweating. Yeah, it does, and I. Because I, I I don't know how that matchup ended up going, but 
Man, I mean, five goals. And it's the same thing with Trevor Harris. I should, I was talking all week about how great Trevor Harris would be, and then don't put him in my lineup and six touchdowns. It's crazy. But Eric Rodgers helped me out a little bit, and I didn't check the score of what, what my original team would have been, but I think it would have ended up being pretty close because the other guys I had in my lineup outside of Harris wouldn't have done so great. So I don't... Getting, making the sacrifice to get Eric Rodgers ended up working out, and I'm glad it did, or else I would have felt really stupid. Well, and just for the record, even though you broke our rules, um, just for the record, I wanted to make sure that everybody knows that uh, all three of us on the CFL Fantasy Podcast, we all do love each other. Because I was on iTunes, somebody <laughs> put a comment. The, one of the comments on the CFL Fantasy Podcast on, on iTunes says, Great podcast. I just wish they would be nicer to each other. So I just wanted to make sure that Aww. everybody knows that we love one another and uh, we don't mean any of these things. So uh, especially this is true. the final podcast of the year, I thought I'd make sure that uh, we'll let you know that it's all in jest while most of it's in jest. I feel like, I feel like this deserves a really nice... Uh, touching montage of all of our best <laughs> moments, but then Hannah will hate me because it's just so much extra work. Yeah, we're which de- made, I thought you were going to ask for, for some for like year anyway. I thought you were going to ask for some heartwarming music or something, but no, a montage of our nicest moments how, probably not going to happen. How about how about this with with heartwarming music? How about it? this? Well, you can have heartwarming music, but no montage. On Monday, he comes what? he comes yeah. on on my show in Calgary. And he starts telling how we need to play drops and stuff. I'm like, oh, so now all of a sudden you're taking over the radio show and the podcast at the same time. <laughs> Mo Bamba! So. Mo Bamba! Come oh, on! man. Come on! Did you... That's, that is the coolest thing. Mo Bamba, I don't even know any of the lyrics. Actually, I, I did. I looked them up earlier today. Not a single lyric is suitable for, for radio, of course. But the, the song that they play, the Stamps were playing it all week. And the guys wanted to play it when they were on the field on defense, and they played it every time they were out there. It was playing yeah. all game, and I'm sitting in the press box getting fired up. And then we're making the drive to Edmonton from Calgary, which more on that later. Uh, Red Deer is simply delightful. Uh, we're playing it on loop almost, and just ready. That's it. Once you play that, you're ready for whatever task you have to accomplish it's just it's it's terrific it's great well all right like, story I'm time with jeff later it. i guess there's jeff taking over taking over whatever show he's on he'll find a way to uh he's like a <laughs> he's like a weed he spreads himself all over the place um by the I way i just want to note that he said he didn't have much to say right before the podcast started that's a good point we knew you'd find your voice jeff we knew you'd find it Congratulations, I feel, bud. I feel like I haven't done that much talking. Just when you just when you asked me about Trevor Harrison not playing my lock. So it's mostly your fault. Uh, okay. Speaking of Trevor Harris, guys, uh, it was, well, a pretty darn good performance for him. Whether you had him in your lineup or you didn't, you got to give respect to Trevor Harris for what he did. Uh, a playoff record with six touchdown passes versus Hamilton, 38 points in the game on Sunday. Just as impressive, Eric Rodgers, three touchdown grabs. He is definitely earning the reputation of Mr. November in five career playoff games, eight touchdowns, and an average of 83 yards per game. Greg Ellington, big-time benefactor of Harris. He had 28.4 points, while the price uh, Deontay Spencer was just behind at 22.4. Uh, Braylon Addison did work for the third straight game. Ticats receiver caught 12 balls in the loss, 27 points for him. Those were the top performers. Others, not so much. Matt Nichols was the worst of the four starting quarterbacks to 7.2 points. Chris Matthews and Marquis Thambles of the Stampeders, they were very popular, but did just okay. Each had around 7 points. And if you paid to get Brad Sinopoli or Weston Dressler, you were certainly disappointed. Sinopoli, 4.4 points, and Dressler held to 3.3. Yeah, that one hurt. Hannah, you had Dressler. I right? had Dressler, yep. Yeah, Not there, quite there as painful some, as Sinopoli, of, but ugh. Yeah, because if you paid for Sinopoli, you were, it was sort of almost a Deontay Spencer that situation. That was your big you ticket item. A, yeah. You were making a real sacrifice to get him in your lineup. Because I remember going into the week thinking, I really want Sinopoli this week, and I could just couldn't do it because of the cash. So. Uh, and and if you somehow had Deontay Spencer on your team, 
uh, you were vindicated by that because he he went off with a big game. Yeah. Uh, two touchdowns for the Red Blacks. So, um, what did you guys make of that? Before we really jump into the uh, serious topics, what did you guys make of that Ottawa Hamilton game? Watching that game and and uh, seeing it unfold, that was kind of a fun one, wasn't it? I would say it was fun for one group of fans. I don't know how fun it was from a <laughs> Hamilton standpoint. If you're a Ticats fan, that was painful because it was over yeah. early. I mean, it was it was fun. I'm I'm looking at it from a very uh, objective standpoint. I didn't have any rooting interest in that game, so I enjoyed watching Trevor Harris go off the way he did and and seeing that offense, which we know when Ottawa starts slinging the ball around, they can be as dangerous an aerial attack as anyone has in the league. So. I I think that was certainly fun to watch, but I, w- I was hoping for a little bit more of a hotly contested East Division final. I thought that the West final was a little bit more in the balance, but certainly more fireworks, at least from one side of the East final. Yeah, I, I had to compromise. I was on, uh, because it's week of, I was on wedding help duty. It was a lot of, you know, making table arrangements and signs and whatnot. Uh, so I had to compromise. I was allowed to have the games on with no volume. That was my hmm. that was my one demand. Games had to be on. And it seemed like every time I looked back at the screen, there was another touchdown graphic. The bar coming across the yeah. bottom saying touchdown and just an ISO of Trevor Harris. And I couldn't believe it. I thought we were showing replays. I thought we were seeing something else. Nope, just another touchdown. So that definitely felt good in the first matchup uh, to have that point total going into the later game. You're you're right that it wasn't the greatest game as far as this is entertainment. I mean, uh, sorry, not entertainment, but as far as it's not the closest game. But it, it was entertaining. Just any time that you can see a guy break a record like that and, and six touchdown passes, you feel like you're witnessing something special. Uh, I saw that I was watching the second half in the press box at McMahon uh, and everybody's kind of just taking it in and looking around at each other going, what? It's like it's one of those moments, right? Where you, it, it, it feels really cool. And good on Trevor Harris because he's a, he's a quarterback that's been doubted throughout his career. Uh, and for good reason. I'm not going to say he didn't deserve it. Uh, and, and, and I'll admit, I've been critical of him at times uh, as well because... Uh, you're looking at a quarterback who's into his 30s now, and, and he's finally just won his first career playoff start. So uh, there have been times when late in the season he's had an opportunity and he's faltered. Um, but all that aside, the narrative on his career has been, can he get the job done when it matters most? Well, it mattered most on Sunday, and he threw six touchdown passes against a pretty good defense as well. So, um, yeah, the Ticats didn't get a lot of pressure. Uh, they left Harris... A clean pocket to stand there and dissect the defense, but the Ticats pass defense, that secondary is still one of the best ranked units all season. So, hey, that's that's what I'll say. Uh, good on Trevor Harris. And uh, as we sort of move into the first topic here, or the first real topic, um, I think Harris is the question going into the Grey Cup. He's on fire right now. 17 touchdowns, two interceptions in his last seven starts. You've heard all the numbers by now. Uh, twice as many touchdowns as incompletions against Hamilton in a performance for the ages. I guess the question is, is this sustainable uh, against the Calgary defense that's going to give the Red Blacks a much different look than what what Harris has seen in his last three starts, all of which were against the Hamilton Tiger Cats, by the way? Well, the thing for me is is that we are talking about a completely different test against the Stampeders, specifically knowing like I was a little surprised how little pressure we saw Hamilton get on Harris and you can have as good a secondary as there is in the league. You can have all the Delvin bros in the world, but if, receivers are given that extra second, second and a half to start to create separation and and start to improvise on the roots, so on and so forth. Well it's it's just it's it's too hard for a secondary to cover. It doesn't matter how athletic they are and how good they are. Thing with the Stampeders is 
they're a completely different group up front. I, there are very few teams in this league that are able to get as much penetration and get as much pressure from just the front four alone. Like Micah Johnson in the middle and then Jagarit Davis and, and what they're able to do on the outside. Like this is a terrifying defensive line. And then when you throw in some of what they're able to do and their other looks and when they bring Singleton and when they bring some of their other players from the second and third layers, it's, it's a different story. They've got a good secondary. They're able to play tight coverage, but it's what they do at the point of attack that I think is going to be a completely different test for Harris. I do think he's going to have a whole lot more in terms of pressure on him, and I'm curious to see how he reacts with far more in terms of pressure in his face. Especially when these guys don't have a lot of info on each other. They haven't seen each other since week five, was it? That was their second meeting. These are completely different teams. So all they all they've got to work on is film right now. Uh, Brad Sinopoli said he breaks the season down into three sections: first eight games, middle eight games, last eight games. Those first eight games feel like a long, long time ago. Uh, so it'll be interesting how they finally do match up head to head. Yeah, a, a lots a lots changed since then, right? And. But the thing is that Ottawa's offense is mostly the same and Calgary's defense is mostly the same. So that to me is what's really interesting is whatever went wrong in those two games for the Ottawa Red Blacks offense, um, how much has really changed Yeah, it's all the same except for another 14 games of experience under their belts. Another 14 games playing with each other. I wouldn't call that not much. I know the the personnel are the same, but... These teams grow a whole lot over the course of a season. It's true, and I know that I know that Calgary is definitely like like both of you said going to present a different challenge for Trevor Harris. When you play the same team three games in a row, I, I, I think that's advantage quarterback. But either way, uh, he had he had Hamilton's number, and I don't think Jerry Glanville with the Hamilton Tiger Cats defensive coordinator, I don't think he had a very good game plan for for Trevor Harris. And the thing the thing about Trevor is is you want to make him make difficult decisions, right? Because getting through those progressions, uh, having to make make throws, you know, in a, in a split second uh, and make those tough decisions under pressure, uh, in stress, that's what makes Trevor Harris struggle a little bit. And, and he's a first, second read quarterback a lot of the times, right? Jamie Elizondo has a QB friendly system where he's putting his guys in a position to, to get the ball out quick. You saw the, the little pass to Deontay Spencer, right? It, it's Trevor Harris didn't have to make a lot of tough decisions and, and tough reads in that game because his first look was was open a lot of times. So that's that's going to be different against the Calgary Stampeders because we saw it against Winnipeg. They're not going to let you do that. There's a lot of waiting from Matt Nichols where not even not even from pressure was he under duress, but from coverage, right? Yeah. Well, I uh, I, I am very interested to see what Harris does in his first ever Grey Cup appearance as a starter. And and I, I won't lie, I'm 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 happy to see him there because he has faced a lot of questions. There's been a lot of criticism about him not being able to win the big game. Well this is the biggest game. He's never had this opportunity before. So I'm really interested to see what Trevor Harris is all about against the Stampeders on Sunday. All right, Jeff, for the final time this year, would you like to throw to the to the fantasy flash? All right, let's do the Fantasy Flash. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. Pat, you're ruining it. <laughs> I liked it. Let Hannah speak. All right, flash time. Romar Morris is expected to be sidelined for the Grey Cup. He was seen leaving the field on a cart after a non-contact injury on a punt in Sunday's Western Final. Terry Williams is the next man up in Calgary. Dave Dickinson is hoping Eric Rogers will be feeling up to playing on Sunday. Rogers has had to manage his playing time this season as he continues to deal with an ailing knee following surgery. And keep a close eye on the Stampeders receivers this week. Last week, Dave Dickinson had to choose those three starting Americans but had five available to him. Bakari Grant and Tavares Daniels are hoping to get back into the lineup. I was I was barely ready. I'm used to sitting sitting back for for a while and and having a sip of water while right? Hannah reads all the news and one game left now. That I got to it's got to keep me on my toes. Yeah, got to be Crazy. ready. Back at it. Crazy. Yeah. Um I I guess I'll stay with the same we sort of touched on it, but 
four and a half months between games. That's sort of unusual. Uh, usually they, they play twice a season, East versus West, uh, but usually those games are a little bit spread out, so you've got something more recent to go off. Uh, the, the Ottawa Red Blacks and Calgary Stampeders played uh, in weeks three and five, and those games were a, a total disaster for the Red Blacks offense. There was no one you could pick uh, on that group that, that seemed to have anything going for them, whether it was Trevor Harris or William Powell. Um, kind of give me a yes or no answer, but then also explain it. Is that on your mind going into this game on Sunday? Does that play into things when you're building your roster? Not a whole lot for me, mainly because when I look at, when I look, specifically when I look at this Red Blacks team, they, they are a different group than the team that we saw the first two times these two teams met. And I'm not saying they're a different group personnel-wise. I just think they're playing with a different swagger. The, they, they are playing with a different comfort level, all that type of stuff. And the fact that Trevor Harris has put together an extremely, extremely consistent run going back to about week 14 of the regular season, that, that gives me a lot of pause when I start thinking about the, the prior two matchups. Because Harris was very much an up-and-down quarterback for a good chunk of the regular season. But from week 14 on, he's been an extremely consistent high-end guy. So because of that, I don't put a whole lot of stock into the fact that Calgary beat this team twice, a, uh, you know, four and a half months ago. I look at this as a completely new matchup, and I look at a Red Blacks team that was red hot down the stretch, that's got an underrated group defensively and an extremely uh, explosive attack, and I see them as, as a real match for the Stampeders. I think there's a very, very close game. And so, no, I don't put a whole lot of stock into those first two games. I don't. I'm also a no. Trevor Harris is currently in my lineup. I don't think I'm changing it. Confidence can do wonders for a man's game. And I can't see how he could have any more of it right now. I want to ride the hot hand. All right. I, I, I'm different. I'm totally opposite than that. That's on my mind, big time. Just the way that the Calgary defense dominated those games and the fact that, yeah, the Red Blacks have gotten a little bit hot of late, but Trevor Harris has been one of those quarterbacks throughout his career and even into this year where he's either outstanding or or he has a dud. He has a stinker. And this year, he's had two stinkers against Calgary. I think, number one, that's going to be on his mind. I think that can affect a quarterback mentally because he's going to remember what happened in that game. He's going to be watching the film. They will be watching that film this week. Uh, he's going to see what Micah Johnson did in those games. He had a three-sack game against the Red Blacks. Uh, he's going to see what Alex Singleton can do and, and the way Trey Roberson can shut guys down and, and that, what that secondary can do. He's got those three receivers that can run around and get open and, and have been doing that consistently lately. Uh, Greg Ellingson, Brad Sinopoli, Deontay Spencer. I don't think they get so open against the Stamps. They'll scheme for that well. I, I just think that... Yeah, I think Harris will be more productive than he was in the first two games against Calgary. Don't get me wrong. I think he's he's going to step up. It's the Great Cup, uh, and, and I think Jamie Elizondo will, will have something to counter that. But to a man, I think the Stampeders just just beat the Red Blacks' offense. I, I love Micah Johnson right now, especially. Seven sacks in his last... Uh, well, he's had one sack in each of his last seven games, I think for a total of seven sacks. And a sack in nine of his last 10 games. He's the best defensive player in the league. He's unstoppable. I just go through that personnel in that matchup and I have a really hard time seeing that going so much differently. So yeah, I'm inclined to go against Trevor Harris and, and also to take the Stamps defense this week. By the way, they got Mo Bamba on their side, so you don't want to mess with that. You don't want to mess with that. Well, the quarterback situation is pretty interesting because only $700 are separating these two guys. Trevor Harris is the more expensive choice at 96.56 and Bo Levi Mitchell sitting at 89.94. So it's not one of those cases where you can pick against or for one guy simply because of where his price points at. I I kind of gave my I kind of gave my piece on this. So I'm going to set up a nice little drum roll here because I'm really curious about what Pat Steinberg's going to do. 
Well, this is a tough one. I am like this is as slim a margin as you're going to find because what Trevor Harris did last week in a game against a very, very good Hamilton defense, specifically a good pass defense. I know we already talked about that, but like it, it, it certainly registered. And to, go, to, to have the type of momentum Harris has going into this game, I, I, he's, I'm, very much, I'm very much conflicted here. But right now I'm leaning towards Bo. Uh, I... I do like the Stampeders in this game because as, as, much as, as much as I think the Red Blacks are a different team than the group that Calgary saw earlier in the season, I still think the Stampeders are the group that are a little deeper and a little bit more complete here. And I, I believe that there's more of an opportunity for the Stampeders to put up points than there is Ottawa. I, I look at this as a tough defensive matchup for the Red Blacks. So I'm, I'm leaning towards Bo. It has nothing to do with the price tag. It came down to, for me guys, when picking my quarterback specifically my quarterback I was going who do I think is going to win this football game I think Calgary's going to win the football game and that's why I'm going with Bo because I, I think the team who wins the football game I am their quarterback's going to have better numbers doesn't always work that way but I think in this circumstance that's the way it's going to go so I'm leaning towards Bo all right well slim margins and I think one thing people have to think about is how healthy these receiving cores are Calgary has obviously been through a ton this season but a guy that they're counting on after such a big day last week is Eric Rogers three receiving touchdowns he's now got eight in five career postseason games so Jeff your question is is this sustainable do you mean for one more game or do you mean for his entire career because I think he's got another game like that in him he seems to just rise to the occasion doesn't he and Pat, you wrote about it in your Monday Morning Quarterback this week. We, folks that haven't read it yet, get get on CFL.ca. And Eric Rogers, his production in the playoffs is just at a whole other level. And he did it once again. Three touchdowns. He's just... Bo said after the game, it's amazing. But they, they, they can man you up and you don't even plan on going to Eric Rogers. But if they have you a man coverage... He just beats his guy. And he did that. He did that with Brandon Alexander for the winner. Brandon Alexander was even on him. He had had the coverage on him. And what happened? Bo just put one up and Rodgers high-pointed that ball, brought it down, and maintained control. The The guy is a freak. He really is. Like, he is the CFL's Megatron, isn't he? It's... I, I'm so impressed. I... He's a guy I'd want to, yeah, I, I think get him in your lineup for Grey Cup as long as he's healthy and good to go. We know the knee's a concern, but yeah, I'm in on that. Well, and his price point too, $6,700 for a guy that just put up 30 points and who can do it again next week just as easily, like that's a steal. If you are, if, if we're talking about a healthy Eric Rogers. And if he goes and is going to be a part, a big part of the game plan for the Stampeders on Sunday, then yeah, I think he's a guy you need to get in your lineup because all the guy does is shine in big playoff games. We already talked about eight touchdowns in five career playoff games. The guy's a beast. He's a great regular season wide receiver too, but you get him in and you put him in that slot position for the postseason and it's a completely different ball game. The worry I have is his knee and the worry I have is him being a little banged up for this game and if he is not good to go they have got other options and that's that's why I'm a little leery on this one because we don't know we're recording this early so we'll see but if Rodgers doesn't go you can expect Devaris Daniels who was ready to go and could have played in the West Final to slot right into the same place that Rodgers plays in that offense so if that's the case then then all of a sudden you're probably looking at Daniels as more of an attractive option because he's going to get a lot of looks now if Rodgers does go he's still going to be a red zone threat i don't know if he's going to be a field stretching threat but i think he's going to be a guy at the very least, that when they get inside the 20, he's going to be looked at in a heavy... I don't know if there's a more dangerous receiver in the CFL right now than Eric Rodgers when you get in the red zone. So he is a very viable play, but my the health is a concern for me, and, and that's the biggest thing I'll be watching heading into Sunday. Well, there's no doubt that's a concern. We even saw during the game, I was getting worried there in the press box, I yep. saw... 
Uh, he, he was having some issues. I, I'm assuming that was with his knee again. So, I mean, it, it's obviously an issue right now. And uh, it, it may be a day-to-day thing throughout the week to see how it feels in practice, um, whether he's, he's going to be good to go, because every week it seems to be a different situation. Now, this is the Grey Cup, so it's going to take an awful lot of pain to keep Eric Rodgers out of that. And they know what kind of weapon he is. Stan Peters knows. Dave Dickinson knows he wants him in the lineup. So I'll be surprised if he doesn't play. But yeah, Dickinson's not going to give any of that info throughout the week. He's going to keep it a secret, just like last week with Devaris Daniels. And you'll have to check the depth chart uh, on Saturday. It makes that it makes walkthrough day all that more important because you have to see where everybody's lining up. Yep. We have an interesting situation at running back now with Romar Morris not playing. It used to be the choice between William Powell at 8,700 and Don Jackson at 73-ish hundred. Now Terry Williams enters the conversation in for Romar Morris, and he's sitting at only $4,900. That might free you up enough to get two big-ticket receivers. Are either of you looking there for your running back? Jeff, I know you are, and I am as well. The The reason I am is because Williams does give you the ability in the return game as well. I, I know that they uh, have, have used him at, at extensively at different times in that regard. I, it, it is. It's interesting to me because Don Jackson is going to get the, the bulk of the carries, but Terry Williams is a very, very impressive running back, and he can break, uh, he can bust off big gains even when we're not talking about him being the feature back. So, when you're talking about a guy under $5,000, and Jeff, something that you said last week rings true to me, and it rings truest in this game, you almost have to concoct and craft a different-looking roster than anybody else because if you want to win the $3,000, and if you want, there's, there's so little to choose from with all these players, you need to go in some different directions. And I feel like Williams, as your running back, would be one of those different directions to go in. Especially coming off a week where the top scoring running back had 12 points. Terry Williams can put up 12 points. Didn't matter how much you paid for your running back. You were either getting 12, 12 12.1, 12, 10.9, or 8.3. They really didn't factor into the equation last week. Yeah, that's exactly where I'm going with it. That's where my thinking is. Because if the gap between the three running backs is 7 or 8 points even, uh, say one of them goes off for 20 points and and Terry Williams gets 12, I can live with that to save $3,000 to put on, on another receiver that I'm confident is going to give me a big game. And yeah, yeah, like you said, Hannah, Terry Williams is is capable of going off. He scored three punt return touchdowns this year, and he's a change of pace guy on offense. Like he, he, They want to get him the ball in space, and when he touches the ball on offense, he's going to be put in situations uh, to get a lot of yards and, and to, to try and hit that home run, right? He's sort of like the Deontay Spencer for the stamps, except at the running back position. So not not nearly as prominent in their offense. But I, I think it's definitely something worth thinking about. I even thought about it with Romar Morris last week, but then I thought, you know what? He's almost the same price as Don Jackson. So what's it's not really worth the risk. Uh, and obviously with the devastating injury to Romar Morris, that wouldn't have worked out anyway. With Terry Williams in the lineup, you can fit Deontay Spencer and Eric Rogers. That's the kind of one-two punch you can pack if you're taking... With Trevor, with, with Trevor Harris as your quarterback? No, you're about $100 shy there. You would have to okay, have Okay, who's both. your defense? No defense. I was going to talk about this oh, at the end. Well... The optimal lineup, the winner of $2,000, didn't have the optimal lineup, but the optimal lineup... Uh, included no defense you could not yeah. pick a well, defense, defense is, if you wanted to win this week yeah the defenses were not very good the defenses were not very good especially if half of your team is playing yep. against your defense i i think this is the playoff week to not play a defense get that extra well now big i'm confused receiver. now i'm confused are we talking about defenses or are we no, not talking we're gonna about move defenses? on to the ottawa receiver situation because they've got their three-headed monster over there which one do you like out of their big three guys that's greg ellingson deontay spencer brad sinopoli all three of these guys are capable of going off at any given week two out of three had over 20 points last week are you looking in one direction or another there 
I feel like historically Brad Sinopoli has done better against the Calgary Stampeders. I feel like he's sort of been that that release valve in a, in a really tough matchup. This season and he's coming or off overall? a disappointing uh, in his career. Look at his career. He's had some really good games against the Stamps. This season, four catches in each game, which was by far the the, the most reliable of any receiver in that matchup for Ottawa. Uh, although it's not great, it's it's still at least it's giving you a certain floor. But uh, also, that was at a time when Sinopoli was like a thirty five hundred dollar receiver, if you can believe it. Yeah. But I I like the, I think I think of the three. I think he's definitely the safest. And coming off a poor performance, he's he's most likely to bounce back with a seven or eight catch game. Well, top performance against Calgary, week three, Greg Ellingson had almost 22 points, 21.7. Okay. So if we're looking at that so this season, there. he went off even in a bad game. But again, I'm, I'm not putting much stock into those early season games. The thing that worries me about, about Sinopoli is just has never been a guy that has been a big red zone threat. And, and in a game like this, you want whoever your receivers are, if you're going with one or two, you want those guys to get you touchdowns. And I do think that Sinopoli is going to be a huge part of this game plan because I do think this is going to be a game that is very much predicated on smaller gains and more of a possession-type game. Yeah. I think that's how you got to play to have success against the Stampeders, and that's where Sinopoli thrives. But... I just don't know if he's the guy that's going to give you a ton in the red zone. So I do think Jeff Sinopoli's the safest of the three, but you might, for, for me in a game, when you got to go boom or bust, like a one-game showdown like CFL Fantasy is for the Grey Cup, I think I almost have to lean Spencer because I think he's got the highest ceiling to go off he's for a, a big game. He's a model of consistency in this back half of the season. He's averaging over 20 points in his last seven games. And his ceiling is super high. If you add up his totals in the last seven games, he's pulling in over 20 points. So that's kind of where my eye is right now. He's had yeah, well, two 30-point games in the last seven. I mean, a 29.4 and 34.8. But still, he's been over 16 every single game. Spencer scares me a little bit. In this matchup, I just I don't... The Stamps aren't prone to giving up big plays. Their defense doesn't doesn't break down. They don't give up big plays. And Deontay Spencer relies on chunk gains. He'll he'll hey he'll give you his floor. I mean he'll get, he'll do some damage on returns, and uh, he'll give you his floor. But I could easily see a two or three catch game from Deontay Spencer, and they're not going to be long ones. So that's where I that's where I sit on him. I, I like I like Sinopoli and Ellingson more in this matchup. I really do. As far as strategy. Are you guys taking a mix of players, or are you looking to stack one of these teams? I guess the team that you are projecting to win. I don't know. This, I, I'm curious where you guys are on this one. As of right, and I could be swayed. As of right now, I'm going with just one team. I'm I'm stacking with only players and the defense from one team because that that seems like the best way. To, to go about it, but I, I could be swayed. I'm curious where you guys are, are thinking on that one. I feel like that's the best way to go if you're predicting a blowout. If this is going to be close, yeah. I'd like both sides of the ball. The only time that we've seen all the top players being from one team is the blowout that Hamilton had over BC. Then you're going to see a bunch of the same team at the top of those results list. But otherwise, it's a pretty mixed bag, and I'm, I'm thinking that's how this one's going to go. It's going to be closer than that. Yeah, I, I don't think there's a bad strategy either way. It just depends on how you feel this game is going to go. Like you said, Hannah, if it's going to be a close game, I don't think it'll be a high-scoring game either way. But if it's going to be a close game, uh, yeah, you may want to have a mix. But even then, you can you can have a terrible game if, if, if your guys, you're going boom or bust, but if your guys don't come through, um, you know, you don't know. The Red Blacks like to spread the ball, so... The Stamps can spread it pretty well, too. i got a lineup of all Stamps right now, except for Greg Ellingson, and, and Ellingson could easily be changed uh, for Sinopoli or, or for Eric Rogers on my end. So uh, I'm unsure of what to do with that last spot. But right now, I'm, I'm pretty much locking Bo Levi Mitchell, Terry Williams, Chris Matthews, and the Stamps defense into my lineup. I'm sold on, on those four spots right now. So it leaves me a good chunk of change for the last spot, and maybe we'll see how I feel on Sunday when I wake up again. All right, well, you've got...
Chris Matthews in your lineup, then that's kind of the guy you're looking at to relieve the cap space. Because if you're trying to fit these higher price guys in, or if you're trying to fit a defense in, you're going to need the lower price guys that are kind of flying under the radar. And that's RJ Harris at 4,500, Markeith Ambles at 4,400, and Chris Matthews at 36. Anyone else that you think is kind of flying under the radar and could be used to give you a little bit of cap relief or are those your go-to guys? Well, right now, I, I'm looking in a big way at Matthews. Matthews is really, really interesting to me because I think in a game like this, his ability to, you know, we talked about how Eric Rodgers in man coverage is able to to really go and, and get the ball. He can go up and, and doesn't matter if it's, uh, if it's a ball thrown over his head or not, he can go up and get it. What I like about Chris Matthews is that he's got the ability to create the separation with his height and be able to he can he can play the big play game he can play the possession game and I know he didn't have a great game uh, against Winnipeg in a really low scoring West Division final but I, I look at him as if, especially if Rodgers doesn't play but even if Rodgers plays I think this is the guy that Bo is getting most comfortable with outside of Rodgers and knowing that and knowing the physical skill set this guy has the guy's a beast. I really like Chris Matthews at that price tag. Uh, I think at just over $3,600, he's one of the best bargains out there. So he's the guy I'm looking at first and foremost as a bargain basement buy. Uh, we talked about it last week, and I think all three of us were in agreement on Chris Matthews. Uh, he is a monstrosity, like you said, Pat. He's, he is a one-of-a-kind receiver in this league. You don't find guys that are not only that tall – uh, but that big, like he is just a physical marvel. You don't you don't have to put the ball right on him for him to make the catch. He has a crazy wingspan. He makes the job so easy for Bo Levi Mitchell. And the thing I like here, and I like Ambles too. Link him in with this conversation. Uh, the thing I like here about the Stamps is they're the most vertical team in the CFL, and that's gone in a different direction a little bit lately where they haven't been able to connect partially because of all the injuries to their receivers but they completed a league high 44 passes of 30 plus yards this year and Bo Levi Mitchell has this go go long uh, attack the defense mentality we saw it on four of his first five passing attempts against Winnipeg although he didn't really hit on he hit on the one to Marquise Ambles but all those passes for the first five were traveling 30-plus yards through the air. So I think that Chris Matthews and Eric Rodgers especially create a lot of mismatches for opposing defenses vertically, and Bo Levi Mitchell is going to try those a lot, especially against the Red Blocks team that has not been getting pressure lately for the last five games. Uh, they have not recorded a sack. Only two coming against the Argos in that, in that stretch. I think Chris Matthews, we know what Rodgers can do. I think, I think Chris Matthews is vastly underpriced right now in this game. So for, for talking about guys under the radar, there's no one I would touch in that range other than Chris Matthews. If you want to add another, I'd go RJ Harris or Markeith Ambles in a second. But Chris Matthews, to me, you got to have him in. I would agree with the undervalued part. I currently don't have them because the trade-off that I'm thinking about making is not carrying a defense. So that's kind of the trade-off. If you have a defense, you're going to need one of these guys in your lineup. Both of these defenses, pretty pricey. Ottawa Red Blacks are sitting at 37.50. Calgary Stampeders are at 48.01. You guys both have Calgary in your lineup? I do. Right now I do, yeah. Yeah, I do too. Are either of you, and by that I mean... <laughs> Not you, Jeff. Pat, are you thinking about <laughs> not running a defense this week? I'm not, and I just I get terrified by it. And I know that you talked about the optimal lineup, but when you've only got five slots to, to take, when you, when you had more spots to fill, I was okay with not, not filling up on my defense. But when, when you've only got five spots to fill, I can't do it. I've got to have a D. So I, I, I am going with the, this. I, I probably will not go empty on the defense this week. It makes me nervous too, but you need to have the defense go off for more than 10 points to make that viable, I think. There has yeah, to be a defensive the touchdown. Thing. 
Yeah, and you know what? It's funny. I actually, you won't believe it, thought going into this week about not taking a defense. Because it's the same thing you just said. It's And, and applying this to last week, if your top defense is only going to get you six points, what's the point, right? You can, you can use that money. It's so much more valuable elsewhere to upgrade a receiver or a running back or a quarterback. But... The thing getting in my way this week is the dominance that the Stampeders had against Trevor Harris and the Red Blacks in this very same matchup. And if those two matchups are any indication, I know you both don't don't think that that's a major uh, weight on this game, will have a major bearing on this game. But I still think, whether you think that or not, we all have to agree there's a very realistic possibility that that repeats. Well, I mean, it has happened twice in a row. Week three... Calgary had eight points, their defense. Week five, yeah. they went off for a 21-point week, three interceptions, two fumble recoveries. Uh, yeah. They went off big. So you're expecting the week five version of those Stampeders rather than the week three. Because if it's week three no. and you're getting eight no. points, it's not worth it. No. Yeah, but... that's a th- I'm not expecting 22 points. I, if, if you're giving me that defense and saying... Look, there's a floor of four, five, or six points, which is obviously the risk that you're taking. I, I mean, shoot, a defense could come out and get you minus points if they have a really bad day. Yeah. I don't see that happening with this defense. But if you're telling me the, the floor for the Calgary defense in this matchup where historically the Stamps have had success is five or six points, and there's a chance that they go off for plus 20, I'm okay with that. The Stamps, by the way... Turnovers in this season series, 10 to 3 in favor of Calgary. Uh, sacks, 7 to 1. And the Stamps have just been such a dominant unit. I, I can't think of a defense I've seen like this in my lifetime. And it starts with the guys in the middle. The sample Johnson size is, is too just small there if we're talking guys. about a season series, though. Like that, that sample guys. size is not. Uh, they were not a dominant fantasy defense. They but really were. This is weren't. what we have to go off. It's a small sample size, but this is what we have to go off. So I think I think it's not an ideal matchup. The Red Blacks thrive off what those big three receivers can do and the separation they get. And I just don't think they're going to do that against Calgary. And I, I see that causing a lot of issues for Trevor Harris. So, hey, that's that's where I stand. Uh, and, and we'll see we'll see who's right in the end on that. But um, I, I do like the Calgary defense, and I'm scared of Trevor Harris in this matchup. So that's that's... I guess that's where we're at, right? The other reason that I am not taking a defense this week is that I currently have half half Stampeders, half Red Blacks. I don't want to yeah. see my guys score a touchdown on my own defense. That doesn't work for me. So for those two thing reasons, is, I'm, I'm not feeling it this week. The scoring format, though, I've thought about that too, where I don't want to play guys against my own defense. But the scoring format is kind of tough because it's not really predicated that much on points. Uh, and it's a lot more predicated on turnovers and mistakes. So yep. uh, you can have an offensive player go off against your defense still and, and and come out on top on both ends, right? You can, but if there's that many turnovers going on, then then your offensive yeah. players aren't getting the points. I just don't want them True. fighting for the same points. True. So for that and the other reason, not doing it. This is my first playoff week where I'm not going with a defense. It worries me a little bit. My roster looks very small, but I'm pretty certain that the optimal lineup this week is not going to include a defense. It's going to have two big ticket receivers in it, and you're going to free up that uh, that cash flow by not having that defense. All right. Well, normally we do a one player to avoid one player that you love, but... The one player that you love with only one lineup is your lock of the week. So, is there one player that you would like to avoid before we get to the three-minute warning that you just want to put out a little warning? Who's going first? I'll go first. Uh, we've already we've already talked a little bit about uh, about it. I I think Sinopoli is going to be a big part of this game, but I think his fantasy numbers might not necessarily show how important he's going to be for Ottawa. So Sinopoli would be, uh, he would be one of the guys that I would be looking at just because, and I know that you look at it differently, Jeff, but I just, yeah, I think he'll be, have some really important catches over the middle of the field and extend some drives, but I don't know if he's going to go off for a big time fantasy game and knowing that his price is just under $7,000. He 
might be one that I'm looking to avoid. All right. I'm, I'm going with Trevor Harris, and I've maintained it throughout this podcast, but I'll, I'll, the last remark I'll make is he's been the kind of quarterback throughout his career where he's either been at many times terrific or he's struggled a lot, and this game has a recipe for him to struggle. I, I really think with that matchup, it scares me, and I think he's got the biggest risk factor associated with him. We know that he can go off, but we know that he can he can put up a dud, and, and you're getting the opposite from Bo. So comparing those two, uh, Trevor Harris is the one I'm, I'm avoiding this week, opposite of last week. Well, there's not a pl- not a lot of players left to pick from because we're not even that certain who's going to be playing for Calgary right now. So I'm going to say player to avoid, defense. It's a bit of a cop-out, but don't do it. I don't think they're going to be – you know what? Do it if you're trying to win your, your league. If you think that's going to help, you need the extra edge there. But if you're going for the $3,000, I don't, I don't think that's your play. Hannah, we're buttonheads right now. We're buttonheads. <laughs> As we do Heads every are week. Butting. It happens. Oh, this is real. The hate is real. The we're gonna get a lot of comments this week real. about how we this don't like each other. This is why people are commenting that we <laughs> are not friends. Aw. Think of the children. Jeff, don't upset people. Alright. I'm sorry. Well, I think that brings us to our lock of the week. And our lock of the week just means, uh, or, wow, I botched that. This brings us to our land the plane three-minute warning. Three-minute warning now, or is it? It is the warning. And by that, I mean just lock of the week. Trying to cut Rod Black out of the podcast. I would never. I I backtracked just to put him in. We Play would never a sad do song that. For Rod Black. No, because he got the world's his time. tiniest let's, violin. Let's actually <laughs> let's substitute Rod Black uh, for Jeff Creever and have Rod Black as the third member of the CFL Fantasy Podcast. I I'd be all for that. Where did that this come from? Every week. Wow. Did Jeff just, I think Jeff just hung he up. He was that offended. A few moments later. All right, Jeff has come back. He's stopped crying, I presume. Um, regrouped and now he's back to give us his lock did we offend you that badly jeff no you know what i i just i i had another phone call to make and uh it was my agent i'm tired of the, i'm tired of this <laughs> and uh we're working on we're working on a new deal here and i i just need to be treated better here so all right we know nobody's working calling on, working on the your contract. agent needs to give you a talking some to. new perks in the, in the your deal. agent needs to get you focused you can't be taking calls in the middle of a podcast how dare i you? asked i asked for for some new uh some new perks including a netflix button on every remote and a candy um, bar everywhere you go we know your rider <laughs> is growing every yeah. week a wall of candy yes out of control locks let's do it who's your lock jeff I'm going, well, I was going with Bo Levi Mitchell, but since I want to continue to go head-to-head with Hannah because I adamantly (laughs) disagree with her approach to the defenses, my lock of the week, yes, that is right, the Calgary Stampeders defense. Because here's the thing, no matter who you have at quarterback, no matter who you have at receiver, running back, people are going to get points, but there's a chance if you have a defense that puts up a big number, there's a significant advantage there. And I think the Calgary Stampeders put up a big number this week against Trevor Harris. I do think that that turnover, those big plays are going to come. And I think that's something you can't be missing out on. It's not The price isn't a backbreaker. It's not like the Riders' defense when it was 6,000 earlier in the year. It's manageable. You can do it. There are some really good, uh, I don't want to call them ratio busters, but guys that are going to really help you manage your cap elsewhere. I say go for it. Get that Calgary defense in there. Don't listen to Hannah. Wow, you haven't had a hot take in a <laughs> Don't while. Don't listen to Hannah. Oh, you're right, i got to get those horns going. Ooh. Hot take from Jeff. I'll go, uh, I'll, go, I'll go Chris Matthews. Let's hot. Uh, but I'll go Chris Matthews, my lock of the week. I think he's going to have a big game. I think he'll be targeted early and often. And at that price tag... Uh, Hannah, you had him last week as kind of your lock of the week slash money pick. I'm going the same direction this week. Yeah, and I'm going to go against uh, pretty much everything you guys have said. You guys are taking red-black, so my lock of the week is going to be 
a red black i like deontay spencer he has been consistent over the last two months averaging over 20 points per game i think he passes his point total from last week of 22 points uh and it's time to spend my money i i've got no defense so it's time to spend i've got the cap room for him he is going to be in my lineup let's see how it goes a lot of these are just a gamble we're down to one match one last game so let's spend it let's roll the dice let's see what happens final predictions and pat before you cut me off you better give us a chance to say our, our final words as well but first uh what's everyone well that's what i was just, I was just about to i was just about to say <sighs> let's first of all get predict predictions of of the of, of the big game all right and then some final thoughts and i know you want to wax poetic about red deer alberta and we got to give hannah some <laughs> wedding advice and all that type of like so <laughs> don't worry i have you covered settle settle right down so jeff go first how do you how do you see this game going it's just that sometimes you you just the locks end and you go right into the right into the exit the outro and and it's just like hold on here i got something to say so i'm sorry i i overstepped my bounds i I apologize you did i apologize uh yeah i'm going calgary i accept your apology i'm going calgary no big rant i I think i think i've made my reasons clear but uh no no third in a row no third uh, heartbreaking Grey Cup loss in a row for the Stamps. Yeah, I'm going Calgary too. I think it'll be close, but I've got I've got the Stampeders in this one. Um, I I've got it being within five points, so but, I don't I don't feel it going either way. But come on, uh, it's it's so hard to pick against Calgary, but I think Ottawa's going to have a good game. Oh. I think they're I think it's going to be very close. I, I think like it's it. going to be within five points. I love it. All right. I, I think I'm that's an Ottawa pick. To the game. I think that's an Ottawa pick. That's as close as the podcast is getting to an Ottawa pick, for sure. All right. <laughs> Pencil Hannah okay, in Jeff, Ottawa. Tell me about Red Deer. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I don't like the way that you hyped it up because I don't really have that much to say about Red Deer, Alberta, to be honest with you. You hyped it. I said Jeff. more on this yeah. later. I just, that was it. I, I, and I thought it would come up again. Uh, by the way, Calgary, Pat, something happened on the radio this week because I, I, I think I ruffled your feathers. I didn't hear what happened, but I heard at the end of the, the, our chat on the radio, you were pretty fired up. I was just talking about being in Calgary, and Hannah, I don't know if you know this, but everything in Calgary is Pat Steinberg. Like, he is a celebrity, an actual wow. celebrity. Pat Steinberg chooses, and I, and I, and I went to the Calgary Flames game because... Uh, the, the Stamps and, and Flames and, and Pat were, were all nice enough to, to hook us up with some tickets, the Flames versus the Oilers. Uh, first time at the Saddle Dome, which was a really cool experience. But Pat Steinberg chooses the three stars for the Calgary Flames. It's, they say after the game, the I three stars. I did not know that. The three stars as chosen by Pat Steinberg. I, first of all, that is a ton of responsibility. But second of all, it is. how big of a deal must you be to be choosing the three stars at an NHL hockey game? Pat, you've been holding out on us. First, first off, it's not every game. It's only some games. Hmm. Um, second, second, uh, to be perfectly honest with you, I can't, you can't tell other people this, even though it's on a podcast. A lot of people don't like doing it. So they're like, Pat, will you do it? I'm like, yeah, fine, I'll do it. That's, that's, that's really what it comes down to. I like I get my name on an official NHL game sheet. I'm like, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, so I'm fine doing it. But uh, it's, it's fun. And I'll tell you this much. It's a lot of stress. They take the three stars very seriously yeah. in the NHL. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, my Jets are uh, in Calgary right now getting set to play the Flames. I'm sure you'll be watching that one. I will, and we'll have to have some sort of I'll, – I'll, I'll, uh, I, will, I will fire a message in our little WhatsApp group that we created <laughs> just in time for the last show that we did. Uh, yeah. But I will send a message. We'll, we'll have some sort of wager on the game. Tomorrow. All right. Well, Sounds great. I, I will say – I also say I was at the Jets game last week. So, Hannah, I was pulling for your Jets for once. And uh, the Thank last you. thing about Red they Deer – what was that? They won the game you were at, they so did. that was good. They did, even though they had a miserable first period. Um, Which you made weren't the drive, even at. Made the drive. Yeah, we didn't go to the first period. We were busy. Uh, it's a work trip. It's a business trip, after all. Uh, Red Deer, Alberta. So 
This is the last thing I'll say. I, I always enjoy, I, actually, I didn't enjoy it at all last year when I had to make the drive uh, from Calgary to Edmonton. There was there was black ice, and, and the car was kind of, eh, it was iffy. I, I was scared for my life, to be honest. Uh, this year, much more pleasant, beautiful sunny day. You could see the mountains off in the distance, and the stop in Red Deer, uh, the donut mill. This place... I- the donut mill! Yes! 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 I'm sick and my voice just cracked, but I'm so happy that you brought up the donut mill. It is an Alberta tradition. Well, I never knew about it, and none of us knew about it because all of us have been making the drive for years. Uh, well, I've only been doing it for two years, but it's uh, CFL staff, when we come out to Calgary and, and Edmonton, and, and if we make that drive... Uh, we make the stop, of course, halfway, If, if, unless we have a driver who wants to go all the way through, which is no fun. But we stop at the donut mill, and I love it. I, I even got three donuts because I couldn't help myself. I was like, well, I don't know when I'm going to be back. And, oh, were they good? Were they good? I went with the Oreo, uh, the white hot chocolate, and uh, what was the other one? I can't remember. It's got, like, pudding in it or something like that. I can't remember. Oh my god, I want donuts right now. They're so, so badly. good. So if, if you're ever, if you're ever, it's Jeff, a, you have just redeemed yourself in my eyes for the rest of I time. I can't believe you're so happy about this. I can't believe you're so happy about this. But donut mill, it's an Alberta institution. Well, I didn't know, and now I know, and I, I, it's my favorite thing about Alberta. And now, I kind of wanted to fly after my experience last year uh, on the frozen highway. Didn't like that at all, but you know what? For Donut Mill, I, I could never turn that down. Wow, Pat, you're not Jeff's favorite thing about Alberta. That's fine with me. If I'm finishing second or third to the Donut Mill, I'm okay with that. <laughs> go to Calgary, Fair. get Pat Steinberg. Go to Red Deer, get Donut Mill. It's all right. Works for me. It's a good call. It's a good call. Uh, Hannah, uh, good luck. I hope that uh, the honeymoon's great, and uh, <laughs> we wish you all the best in, uh, in wedded bliss. Thanks, Tim. Uh, just kidding. Hannah's not actually getting married. I'm just kidding. Uh, everybody send congratulations. That, that would be the best, by the way. If everybody sends Hannah congratulations, <laughs> send her gifts. Yes. Uh, we'll, give her, we'll, give, we'll give out her address here and uh, her Toronto oh, address. Okay, that's creepy. I know where no, she no, lives. No, that's, that's over the and, line. <laughs> nope, that's creepy. Uh, nope. We should probably wrap this podcast up. Uh, so y- here's what you can do. Wish Hannah Nordman congratulations on Twitter, at <laughs> HL Nordman. Uh, we'll see how many people do that. Creever's uh, on Twitter, at Jeff Creever. I'm at Fan960Steinberg. To uh, both of you, that was a lot of fun. What, that was uh, 24 weeks yep. of CFL fantasy podcast action. That was a lot of fun, guys. So give yourselves a round of applause. Yeah, thanks, team. And thanks to everyone who reached out with messages, tweets, interacted with us all season long. You guys are the real MVPs. Bye, Jeff. Bye, guys. It was a fun year. Bye. Bye, Hannah. Bye, everybody. We love you. Your Great Cup edition, your final edition of the CFL Fantasy Podcast. Enjoy the game, everybody. Everybody.